0: I'd like to share a conversation from Rav Nachman's wisdom. I've been talking about this for a while, but it's becoming extremely, extremely relevant. Really, everything that Rav Nachman taught us is ultra-relevant. The things he said hundreds of years ago are only now becoming really super-relevant, especially now that people are being imposed upon to go into quarantine, which in Hebrew we call bidud, which is what Raphnaam basically said everyone should do every day, is to seclude himself. So many people are climbing the walls. The first words of this amazing conversation is, the whole world is full of strife. Not just the strife between the nations, which has always been, but even within one country. Now that's an amazing thing, you know? You ever heard about the Democrats and the Republicans? You ever heard about the strife between blue and white and Likud? But not just that, even the strife inside of one's home, the strife between a husband and wife. And then Rabbi Nachman says something really perplexing, why he's putting in here, it sounds very morbid, and nobody's paying attention to the real goal, the tachlis, the most important thing in life, the climax of life. Every single day a person's dying. The day comes and goes, and everybody's coming closer to death. Wow, how relevant is that? Why did Rabbi Nachman put this in right now? Why all of a sudden is Rabbi Nachman talking about death? I think, according to what I've learned, Rav Nachman has this idea that if a person doesn't plug in to the energy, the purpose, the life force of the day, it's as if he killed the day. Each day, says the Czar, comes with it a message, energy. There's no such thing as a day that doesn't have with it good. But there's a fence around the day, that there's illusions that a person is madame milsa la milsa. He goes from thing to another thing to another thing. He's literally going around the outer fence and not getting to the point. What does it mean connecting with the day, being present, getting the message. When you're present, not only do you receive the energy that Hashem placed into the day, you actually give life force to the day and the day becomes alive. And you become alive with the day. But if you miss it, it's as if you killed the day. And all of this strife is really one, meaning to say that the strife in the world really has to do with the strife in the house. And if a person's attuned, he can actually recognize the people in his house, what role they're playing. Each person is playing a different country because there are countries that personify anger. There are those that are killers. Each person in the house is playing a role. There's even one person that doesn't want strife at all. He just wants to sit in peace like it says about Yaakov, and everybody conjures up in his mind, we're talking here about Switzerland, but really, we'll go back and try and understand who this person who's representing this country that just wants to sit in peace. He doesn't want any wars whatsoever. It's the opposite. He would rather bow down and not get involved in any war, but... They take him against his will into the war. Now we'll come back to this person. And Now Rabbi Nachman gets to the point, to the tachlis. He says, really, every individual is a world unto himself. Inside of everyone is incorporated all of the nations of the world. And therefore, sometimes, When a person is alone, specifically in the forest, it could be that he would go crazy. Why? Because inside of him is all the strife of all the nations of the world, and it's fluctuating all the time. Fluctuating, turning around. But when a person is around other people, a person might not feel this inner strife because he is playing a role. And while he's playing a role, he doesn't pay attention to the voices inside of him. And then he ends the conversation, and he says, when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah comes, then all of the strife, all of the wars will end. There'll be great peace in the world. As it says, there won't be any strife and the lamb and the wolf will lie down together. Amen. Is this, do you think, what Rabbi Nachman wants us to do, to hold our breath and wait for Mashiach? And not only that, we're very close now to Pesach. And Rabbi Nossohn says about the Seder, why do we begin the Seder with the four questions? Manishtana. He says, a question is an amazing thing. A question is a tzimtzum, is a constriction. And it creates a vessel through which a person can receive understanding. So if we really want to understand the profundity of the Rebbe's message, we have to ask questions. And I think that the most basic question, the most fundamental question of this conversation is, hey, Wasn't it Rav Nachman that told us that every man, woman, and child should seclude himself and do something called Hidbadidut? Something that we're doing, a lot of us are doing today, against our will. We're all becoming breast levers. And if so, hey, Rav Nachman's telling us we could go crazy. That's not healthy. Why would he want us to do something every day that's not mandatory and have even a slight chance of going crazy? That doesn't make sense. That's a question. It's possible to say that just like we want every day to get more and more clarity, the more clarity we have, the more we can move towards our goals. Well, I like to say we gotta get clarity chaos. And I think that specifically Rav Nachman wants us to understand how much inner strife is really inside of us and not fool ourselves and think that the strife of the world is really the problem. It's so easy to be distracted by the drama and that's why in the beginning of this conversation right after Abnachman told us about the strife of the world and the strife of even the family relationships, that people do not pay attention to being present and getting the energy of the day. Because of the drama that's going on outside and the roles that we play, we're not able to focus on the point. Now the question is, okay, if I recognize that I have a lot of inner strife, and I have the potential to go crazy. Well, how am I going to make inner peace? So now I think we have to go back to this one person who's called the man of peace. Who is the man of peace? As it appears in the conversation, it looks like this person is willing to side with any side, but really, that doesn't help anybody. The war continues. He's dragged into the war. What really needs to happen is that this man of peace has to stand up and take responsibility to make peace. That's not easy. And that's why I hinted to this story of Mordecai talking to Esther, telling her to take responsibility. And really, each and every one of us has a prince or princess inside of us called King or the Queen of Peace. And that part of us has to stand up and take responsibility for the lower parts of us that don't have such great character traits. That part of us parallels the Jewish people, the little country that for so long has just tried to survive and now is being pushed into a role of being a leader in the world. Now one of the most profound things that come out of this conversation is that the strife of the world actually has cosmic meaning. Without the strife, the man of peace would not rise up and take responsibility. And that's a general rule in life. Strife and suffering has meaning. It's the impetus for change. And each and every one of us has to be the change. And the change is first inner peace. We must have inner peace in order to produce peace in the world. And then, instead of just holding our breath and waiting for the Mashiach, God willing, each and every one of us with our inner peace will bring Mashiach Amei.